Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Like I say every week on my show, it's time to stop reading other people's success stories and start writing your own. We always talk about gifts and passion. If you have a gift, lead with your gift. And don't let your age, friends, family, or coworkers stop you from planning or living your dreams. My interviews on Money Making Conversation include celebrities, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and people I like to call industry decision makers. My next guest is Judge Rhonda Wills. Since forming a law firm nearly two decades ago, Judge Wills has recovered over $100 million fighting for the rights of everyday Americans and their plight against corporate giants. She uses her expertise and intellect to give voice to those who need her most, the worker who has been wronged by their employer, a person who has been discriminated against, sexual harassed and sexually assaulted, and those who have suffered catastrophic physical injuries. She is now making a mark on TV. Come on now. Star of a new court show, Relative Justice with Judge Rhonda Wills. It is a new arbitration-based reality court show which centers on solving interfamily legal disputes. We got to find out what that's all about. Relative to Justice with Judge Rhonda Wills premieres in September and has been cleared in 80% of the country. That's a lot for a new show. I'm telling you, that's pretty impressive. And once, she, once everybody discovers she's a hit, she's going to be a 100%, okay? Please check out your local listening because you should watch this show. Judge Will, Rhonda Wills is on the show to talk about her career and building her dream. Please welcome to Money Making Conversations for the very first time, but not the last time. Judge Rhonda Wills. How you doing? Hi there, Rashawn. How are you? It's great to be with you. Thank you. I hope I got enough information about you out there, you know, because you you perked up a little bit when I was talking about you. So I'm assuming a lot of people don't tell your story when they're doing these interviews. Well, you know, a lot of people do, but there are always a lot of other things I want people to know about me, but right. I think you cover most of it. Well, so. good. Because, you know, when, when we look at, let's, let's be out, when you look at a, a person, you're attractive, and some people tend to just feel that way, and they forget the fact that there's a journey for anybody, no matter how they look. So tell us how, I know you're a Texas girl, because I'm a Texas boy, okay? And I know you live in Houston. I'm from Houston, so we're already hitting it off of you. You're over there by the Tyler Rose country in East Texas. That's where you was born and yes. raised. You know? Over yes. there, Earl Campbell country. She's an Earl Campbell country, but she's raising herself. <laughs> and our family and, and delivering a level of success in Houston, Texas. Let's talk about how you got started in the law business and what attracted you to that. Because in my show, Money Making Conversations, I try to give people that you can do it too. And a lot of people stop and feel they have to be born in a certain family or live in a certain part of the country. But you come from a small, very small smith. You were born and raised. But that didn't stop you from going to a big school like the University of Texas. Talk about your journey in the early years, Judge Wills. So, first of all, Rashawn, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This is uh, amazing. I've been watching your podcast. You're doing great things. And so I'm excited to be here. Mm -hmm. Uh, My story is one of very humble beginnings. I'm from this little bitty town called Winona. Uh, It's in East Texas, right outside of Tyler. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of five children. I was raised by a single mother and my grandmother uh, and was was just raised in a, a, a 
you know, a, a really, really frankly poor family. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that there was a lot of injustice in the world. And I always wanted to be someone who could right those wrongs and mm-hmm. help people. Mm-hmm. And I was just very fortunate that I went to the University of Texas um, undergrad on a full scholarship. I got an international business degree. And then I went on to the University of Texas and got a law degree again on a full scholarship mm-hmm. uh, and started my law practice. And I started out working for a really, really, really big law firm. Right. And I, I, that wasn't what I wanted to do. My passion was with helping people. Um, and that's what I wanted to do was to help people. Uh, so I started my own law firm mm-hmm. and I have focused my law practice for the last two decades on helping people, just everyday Americans to fight corporate giants. Because in many of the cases that I take, If I didn't speak for them, if I was not their voice, they wouldn't have a voice. And when really bad things happen to people, be it being sexually assaulted or sexually harassed in the workplace, Mm -hmm. being discriminated against on the basis of your race, your gender, your sexual orientation, um, any of those things, surviving a catastrophic personal injury without someone to come in and help you to get economic justice, a lot of people would have no justice and would have no way to start and try and rebuild their life after going through something extremely tragic. So I always knew that I wanted to be a person who would go out there and fight for the voiceless and fight for people that really, really, really wouldn't have a voice unless I stood up and fought for them. Now, Judge Rhonda Wills here. I'm going to ask a simple question. It may not be, but to me, what makes a good lawyer? I think that what makes a good lawyer is someone, first of all, who studies the law, um, who who knows the law Mm -hmm. and somebody who's willing to go out and fight Mm -hmm. and be fearless in the face of whoever they're up against. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm fortunate in that I'm licensed in Texas, California and New York. Right. Which just means I took a lot of bar exams, (laughs) did a lot of studying, (laughs) but I practice all over this country. I represent people all over the country Mm -hmm. Um, and One thing that I found is oftentimes I can walk in to a courtroom and there's nobody there that looks like me, but that doesn't matter to me. Mm -hmm. Doesn't matter if I'm the only woman Mm -hmm. in the courtroom. It doesn't matter if I'm the only black person in the courtroom. Doesn't matter if I'm the only black woman in the courtroom, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I'm going to bring it. As my grandmother always told me, you will come up against people who have more money than you do, who maybe went to better schools than you went to. But one thing about it is no one will ever outwork me. So I've always made that my mantra. You will never outwork me. So no matter what it takes, I put in the work. And that's what I try to encourage, especially young women to do, to know Mm -hmm. that you can do anything. Mm -hmm. Don't let anybody tell you what you can or can't do. You can do anything. You just have to put in the work. And let me ask you this because, you know, because it's funny watching you because it's a good funny because (laughs) you got passionate in that that spiel. First, you know, you you did the nice thing. Rashad, I'm so happy to be on the show. I heard a lot of great things about it. Cool. Now that speech right there, you got closer to the camera. You, you know, you, you, you know, your, your forehead browed a little bit. You, you know, so so because that's what attracted people. I'm sure when you did uh, spots on television, you know, you was information with passion, and that's what's missing on television right now. But what's more importantly, I'm just telling you. She said, no matter what school, now, I'm gonna tell you all about University of Texas. That's one of the top schools in the country. Okay, so let's go. She didn't just go to a regular school. 
This is like a city. They own Austin, Texas. So I would just put that in perspective. She went to a great school. She got a scholarship at an amazing school. Even though I graduated from University of Houston, I still can be respectful for UT and what they deliver down in Austin, Texas. Now, when you as an individual who started trying to make a difference, we see so many commercials on TV. Hire this person. Hire, you know, it's like... Uh, it, it's uh, you know law legal law firms have gotten so powerful from a commercial standpoint they actually they actually will, 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 will sponsor news shows the local news that's why I asked that question what makes a good lawyer because nowadays lo- everyday people are just hit with so much information on the radio in print on TV and social media how do they how do they cut through that to make the right decision to work with a lawyer that's going to benefit them? I guess that's the question I should have asked you initially because of the fact that advertisement for law firms and lawyers is so dominant in the media today. Well, first and foremost, if they need a good lawyer, call my law firm, Will's Law Firm, PLLC. So call me first. There you go. There you go. (laughs) There are a lot of great law firms out there. I think the most important thing that people need to do is to educate themselves and to make sure that you're hiring someone as a lawyer who's Mm -hmm. going to represent you and be passionate about representing you. Mm -hmm. I never, ever stop fighting for my clients, no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, I have gone up against some of the biggest corporate giants. Um, One of my biggest cases was I got a $20 million settlement against Wells Fargo in a class action case. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I represent a lot of people. I've had a lot of class action cases where, for example, a group of African-Americans that were being paid less than their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. Um, I I have represented people that weren't paid all their wages. So for a lot of people, they just don't get it. You know, they think, okay, well, you only got paid for 40 hours instead of 50 hours. You work 50 hours. Mm -hmm. Well, I was raised by a single mother. Sometimes my mother had to work two and three jobs in order to take care of us. Mm -hmm. So I know what it means when somebody doesn't get paid when they work 50 hours as opposed to 40 hours. And those 10 hours that they didn't get paid for, that can mean the difference between food on the table or food not being on the table. So because of my humble background, I know what it means for everyday people to struggle, to fight. Mm -hmm. And when I see these big corporations that put profits over people, that makes me angry and that makes me fight. I've had to fight cases all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I'm licensed before the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. So I will fight No matter how long, how hard it requires, I will fight. And that case that I had before the U.S. Supreme Court, I won a $5.2 million judgment for my client who had his throat slashed at work by a coworker. I won a $5.2 million verdict against that company, and they fought me all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I fought them and won. Wow. Now... You know, you you didn't get into this business to be on TV. Everybody, you know, you got into business because of, you know, you smart enough to get scholarships, both undergraduate and graduate. And then you launched, you went to a big firm and then, because guess what, your academics allowed you to be recruited and you said yes. And then you said, you know something, that's not me, which is always a fear that people have. There's so many people out there listening to the show, they're going through life's Stuck in relationships, stuck in jobs that they shouldn't be because they're fear, fearful of making that first step. How were you conscious or from a confidence standpoint? Or did you turn to other people when you decided to say, you know, the, I, I know this check is nice and it's regular, got health benefits, but it's not me. What what pushed you to that next level to say, I'm going to I'm a, I'm a ride and die with, with Ronda Wills? Well, there was one case I had in particular. 
I, I had a trial and the person on the, I represented a big corporation mm-hmm. and the person on the other side of that case was a black man. Mm-hmm. And this black man um, was denied a contract, a multi-million dollar contract. And I had to go in court and fight against this black man wow. who had built his own business, um, had worked hard. And my job was to go in and break this man down and destroy him. Wow. And I went, we tried the case and ultimately we beat him. And my mother came and she watched me in that trial. And at the end of that trial, my mother looked at me and she said, baby, you did a great job. And that poor little man over there, you're going to beat him. But she said, are you really on the right side of this? Just because you can do something doesn't mean you should be doing that. Mm. And I think you need to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, is this really what I went to law school for? And so when my mother broke that down to me like that, I realized, no, this is not what I went to law school for. I went to law school to represent people like the man that I just broke down and beat in court. Right. And that was my wake up call. We know that. I'm going to take a minute on that because that was pretty powerful. Because sometimes in life, money doesn't mean anything. I always tell people, I'm not in the game for the money. I'm in the game for the opportunity. If the opportunity presents itself that something that I feel will personally benefit me and the people around me, then I move forward on it. And that's the case I think was happening there. The money brought you the opportunity, but the opportunity wasn't what you wanted to pursue long term. And so when you, when, when that's why parents are great. Because they can look over that other side and go, child, I don't know why you doing that. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. You, 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 get some, you put some plate on that food on that plate, some else, you know, some yeah. other ways, you know. I know that's right. So, Rhonda, but you know what, Rashawn, the most amazing thing about it is, so I was working at that big firm mm-hmm. and the check was good. I'm not going to lie. The Absolutely. check was really good. But when I left and I stepped out on faith and started doing what I passionately wanted to do, I have made far more money. Absolutely. Ever since I left that law firm, I've made seven figures every year since I left that law firm. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Now now you're on TV. Come on now. You're on TV. TV. (laughs) Woo! Okay, now. We we know the queen out there. Judge Judy. She been the queen. Judge Judy's on TV sometimes four hours a day. Some city. <laughs> now you go come in there. There's a lot of people have come in. I know my boy, you know, uh, uh, Judge, 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 uh, Judge Joe Brown. That was my boy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, out there doing it. Judge Mathis, my boy. Judge May Blaine, That's my girl. And now my girl, I'm going to call you my girl too. Judge Rhonda Wills coming out there. So uh, yes. <laughs> why did you, because you're successful. <laughs> you have a great family. You have a great mom. Why are you in the why are you getting in the TV business like this with this show, which is a wonderful show, by the way? Thank you. So first of all, before I did Relative Justice, I had another show on WeTV called Sisters in Law. Mm-hmm. And it was a reality-based TV show based I in know. Houston that mm-hmm. followed my legal career. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of got me into thinking about TV as something that I might want to do. Before mm-hmm. that, I had never even thought about it. <laughs> when this opportunity came along, it seemed perfect for me. Because I'm from a huge family. Mm-hmm. I have four kids of my own. Mm-hmm. I'm one of five kids. Mm-hmm. My grandmother had 10 kids and mm-hmm. I've got more than 50 first cousins. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm from a huge family. Mm-hmm. So what makes this show, my show, Relative Justice with Judge Rhonda Wills, what makes it different from the other court TV shows is that we focus only on disputes between family members. So everyone that comes on my show, every litigant that you see, they're related by blood or marriage or children. 
Right. So that's what made this fascinating for me because it's different from every other core TV show. Right. Well, you know, <clears throat> the thing about that, you know, I, I, and family, girl, that can be ugly. Now, yes. It can really, I'm just oh, thinking, because yes. you, you know, because you sit up here, this is what makes me funny about Rhonda. You know, she's talking about a big family. <laughs> I come from six sisters, two brothers. So I'm about to kill that little big family theory that you're pitching out there. You know, I was I was number five. You just only had five. Okay, you were running around high. So we just going to kill that little big family theory when you're talking to me. And my aunt had 16 kids. So we're going to kill wow. that other story. Okay, so, so but the, that, that's my fun part of just talking to you. But in, when you get into these, what made you a hop? Okay, first of all, is it taped in LA? Where's it taped at? The show. Where's so it the show is taped in Lexington, Kentucky. Okay, which for me was great because I'm a small town girl and I'm a southern girl. Mm-hmm. So it was like going home for me to be filming in Lexington. Oh, it's beautiful because uh, they do have yeah. that white picket fence when you go around and drive those Kentucky uh, horse yeah. ranches. It's beautiful up in Kentucky. So I've been up there. Now, beautiful. now when you're putting the show together, like say so you had that stint on reality TV, and I always tell people when I interview people who do reality TV, why? You know, why did you do reality TV? And then you told us an opportunity to come and do your own show, Relative Justice with Judge Rhonda McWills. And you're taping it in, in Kentucky, but you live in Houston. And then you have a, you still have a successful law firm. Why? I have to ask the question, why? And that's a, that's a positive why. It's not a negative why when I say that, because some people will tell you, isn't enough enough? No, don't you have, you, you got it going on. You look good. You got money. You got kids. You got you. What's, when are you going to stop, Rhonda? What's your, what's your problem, girl? Well, I will tell you that I I feel like a full life is a blessing and go. every blessing that mm-hmm. God brings to me, mm-hmm. I embrace it with open arms mm-hmm. and I run with it. Mm-hmm. So when this opportunity was brought to me yes. to do this show, mm-hmm. again, this was a unique concept. There's no other core TV show mm-hmm. out there like this one because we only focus on families. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when they come into my courtroom, it's a money dispute yes. and I resolve the money dispute. But above and beyond that money dispute, because these are families that you're dealing with, I try to bring the families back together again. There are some cases in my courtroom where sisters get into a dispute about money and they haven't spoken for years. Wow. And they come into my courtroom. I have to resolve this money issue and then try to get them back to being sisters again. I had one case where a mother had... A mother was there against her son and daughter-in-law. Right. She had taken out a restraining order against her daughter-in-law. Right. So they had to sign waivers just to be in the courtroom because she had a restraining order against her daughter-in-law. That's how broken down this family was. At the end of this episode, at the end of my resolution of this case, the mother, the daughter-in-law and the son are all crying and hugging and are have committed to building their relationship again and being a family again. So it's things like that that made me feel like I'm really, really making a difference. I got into the practice of law to make a difference, right. and I'm doing this TV show to make a difference. And the other thing, Rashawn, that you're going to see about my show, yes, Relative Justice, that's different from other shows. So oftentimes, a lot of these family dramas, mm-hmm. a lot of it... Um, 
It's not just something that people can work through on their own. Mm -hmm. And I refer people for counseling and therapy where appropriate, Mm -hmm. either family counseling, individual counseling. Sometimes it's drug counseling. Sometimes it's trauma therapy. Mm -hmm. But I we also had a therapist on staff who was there. And I would refer some of the families to sit down and meet with the therapist because there's so much stigma attached to getting therapy and getting counseling. And oftentimes, especially with families. Right. There's a money dispute here, but that's just the surface. And when you scratch underneath the surface, there's something much deeper and much more dramatic going on. And sometimes you need the help of a therapist, a family therapist in particular, to help you as a family work through it. Well, you know, I'm talking, so, to, I'm talking to Judge Rhonda. She has a new show uh, that's going to be on 80 percent of the country. Again, congratulations. That's a high number for a new show. A lot of people understand in syndication, which which is a very competitive market. And, you know, you've been presiding over a show through, they say, your show Compassion and Tough Love, you know, Resolve Litigants, Legal Disputes, but to work towards, like you said, bringing families back together in the process. We all know that that, that that's the end goal. But have, and I know you're early in your judge career in this TV format. Has anything shocked you yet? You go, I can't believe they just couldn't understand. Like you just talked about, like you just talked about the restraining order in the, the, for the daughter-in-law. And we, it's just so many things that are going on out there. Has anything really went, wow, that's crazy. So Rashawn, like every day, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's crazy or something. But I will tell you the amazing thing about relative justice, yeah. people who want to tune in every day because every day is different. Yes. There are some days where with some cases, I'm laughing so hard that I can barely get my ruling out because I'm, I'm laughing. I'm falling. I'm about to fall from behind great, the bench because I'm laughing so hard. Right. And there are other cases where it's just so sad. I'm, I'm crying. I'm, right. I'm almost crying. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the audience is crying. The litigants are crying. Mm-hmm. And then there are other cases where people do something that's so wrong, right. so toxic, you get so terrible that I have to tell them. Mm-hmm. I have to tell them you're wrong. And you need to change and you need to do better. And I have to actually go in on them. So every single day is different. We have experts that come in. We have demonstrations. Okay, so one show in particular, we have we have a pole dancer. One of the litigants is a pole wow. dancer. And you don't want to miss the episode with the pole dancer. Like, my mouth was dropped the whole time when the pole dancer was on there. You don't want to miss that. Well, I'm going to just tell you, uh, you know, just watching your energy, you're amazing. I'm going to compliment you on that. And I'm just happy you decided to just be, you know, Rhonda Wills in this interview. Because sometimes we can get stiff and just trying to deliver information. And hopefully my story and my interview and this and the way I was just walking you through the process gave you a comfort zone. You are funny. You are you are smart. You are you, I'm going to watch the show and I, I want to bring you back on in the spring when we talk about you in 100% of the country. But again, I just want to say congratulations on this show. And I'm going to tell your team, I, mean, I got almost a million followers on social media. So tell your team to send me some banners so I can post Posting on my social media. You, you're a Texas girl. I'm a Texas boy. I got to support you no matter what, girl. Okay? Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, good luck with your show. It. All right, Judge Wanda much Wills. Love. Okay? Thank you. I appreciate you. Good luck. Great being with you. Thank if, you. And if you want to see Bye. or hear any of my interviews on Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversations.com. I am Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. We will be right back with more Money Making Conversation with Rashawn McDonald. 
You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversations Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversations with your daily Minute of Inspiration. I sat down with my new friend, Ryan Morgan. Despite being incarcerated for a bank robbery at 19 years old, he used his education and athleticism to become the founder and CEO of Aqua Equity Water. Here's what Ryan Morgan had to say. I grew up in San Bernardino, which is uh, inner city, much like Watts or Oakland, a lot of projects a lot of poverty and therefore a lot of the gangs you feel like when you're in the inner city and it's in a it's a misconception and, and this is what we're trying to expose that to bring truth and light but you feel like you have limited options to where either to make money i gotta play sports or i gotta do some illegal and hustle because i don't have another avenue for me to help get out of this poverty uh and this hardship in this inner city if you want to hear this full interview with ryan morgan it's available on moneymakingconversations.com now let's return to Money Making Conversation with Rashawn McDonald. My next guest is Roxy Diaz. She has interviewed everyone from Lady Gaga to former President Barack Obama as co-host of BET's 106 and Park and co-host and daily correspondent on Entertainment Tonight. Roxy has always been known for setting the tone for what's happening in music and movies and entertainment. She's always on the red carpet. She's Emmy Award-winning TV personality, influencer, and on the social media note, because I've been following her. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And host of new Fox series, Alter Ego. You've seen it. It's been heavily promoted on TV all the time. Well, behind all that, who's going to be the showrunner, as they say, going to be directing the people on stage and talking to the judges, it's going to be her, which is really a blessing because I've known her for a long time. If you don't know anything about Alter Ego, let me just explain to you what it is. Alter Ego is an all-new original singing competition show where, as they say, lost dreams and second chances are reignited when singers from all walks of life become the stars they've always wanted to be. However, these contestants won't perform as themselves. That's the, that's the beautiful catch of this. This is animation. Rather, they'll, give, they'll be given a chance to show how they will be seen creating their own dream avatar. Alter Ego is to reinvent themselves and perform like they never before. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the host and longtime friend. A long time. Mentor her. We've done it on radio. We've done TV. We've done show award shows together. I've, I've, I may even cry with this young lady. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Roxy Diaz. How you doing, Roxy? Hey, Rashad. It's so good to see you, Uncle. <laughs> well, you are fantastic. It really has been a long career for us. I, I was just, you know, I was, you know, Roxy, I was sitting up there just thinking about me. And I was saying, you know, youth is really scary in, in anything you do because when you have success early, you know, you still got to get to the 30s. You still got to get to the 40s and 50s. And, you know, I've, I've gotten past my 30s, 40s, and 50s. That's a journey you still have to make. But still, you can have so much success early, and you're still having success now. In your mind, how does that work when people think about, because your success is in the public's eye. Yeah. It's scary. It is, it's scary, like you said. You know, to be completely honest and 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 forthcoming, uh, I started wondering when was I washed up. I was mm -hmm. like, I've done so much right. already. What what else is there left for me to do on mm -hmm. a TV? Uh, and it was it was a very scary moment. It was a very scary moment because I was like, I'm trying everything that I can possibly think of to reinvent myself mm -hmm. to stay relevant. Right. And this opportunity, thank God, came and it opened the door, and I manifested this. I. Uh, I had it on my vision board to host a huge competition show like like Alter Ego. Um, and I I'm so grateful to the people at Fox and the producers 
who did not go the traditional route for a host right. and chose this little brown girl to live <laughs> out her dream and, and host this humongous opportunity um, show. And not only that, to come off of in, behind Nick Cannon, who's, you know, the mass Singer and, and another huge show and another huge opportunity that Fox gave, you know, somebody that wasn't traditional right. as a host. So I really, I really thank them and I applaud them for, for opening the door and, and giving me this opportunity. Robert, I bring that up because like I said, uh, it really is interesting when we look at our lives, look at your lives. You know, last time we saw each other physical, I think, was in the Disney Dreamers. Yeah, it was like, huge. Uh, oh, my gosh, years ago. Yeah, this had to be like in 2016, 2015, yeah. last time I saw you. And you were looking fantastic like you're looking now. But again, <laughs> it's a journey. It's a journey when we look at, when, like I said, you're a bank teller. You can go to work eight to five. You can, If your company's doing well, you know you can probably have a life, maybe even a pension, maybe maybe even uh, health benefits, and you can raise and live your life. But when you're in entertainment, when you're in it, uh, an entrepreneur, that's what she is. She's an entrepreneur. She's self-employed. She has to go out there, and she has people representing her. She has PR people. She has social media people. She has management. She has agencies. How does one put that in perspective, Roxy, when you're talking about your career? Because it's your career, and a lot of people has a, have a lot of ideas of where they want to push it. How do you do you push back or you say this is the direction I want to go or if you take people advice, it doesn't go that way. Are you disappointed at yourself or you say, hey, that's the way it just goes? You know, at the end of the day, I think you just said the key thing. It's your career. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can have a whole team. But if you're not working with that team or for that team, because they work for you, but you have to work for them. Also, you Mm -hmm. have to come up with ideas and creatives and when they make a meeting and, and set something up, you have to deliver and show up in that room. It's, it's part of your job too. Um, yeah, I have an agent, I have an attorney and I have all of that stuff, but if I don't make money for them, then why would they keep me as a client, you <laughs> right. know, and right. vice versa. Right. So it's something very important to consider and think about when you're going into this career. And just as an entrepreneur at the end of the day is like, you're constantly creating, you're constantly reinventing and, and thinking, and they're just a branch to your trunk because you're the trunk of the tree, but they're a branch of you. Um, but you still have to stay strong and, and continue striving and, and surviving in this in this world. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it can be challenging, but uh, I have an amazing team, and we work together. We come up with ideas. Right. You know, I create; they make it bigger for me bigger than I would ever imagine. And and so it's a great synergy that I have with my team. Well, on Fox, Alter Ego is big. It's big. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge, okay? Because it comes with imagination, too. Because, I, 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 like, you know, the show hasn't premiered yet. I'm just talking to my listeners who are in this world out there, my viewers and all this in my world. Because I'm on syndicated radio, I'm on podcasts, I'm on video and YouTube. So it's so many different lanes I'm talking to. But... How much can you reveal as the host? Because we're seeing people, because I'm hearing, I just read what the show is about. And so do you, what do you see on stage? Because we're going to see the Avatar performing. What do you see on stage? And then we're going to talk about the judges. What's awesome is that what I see and what I know, everybody else at home gets to see and know. So you get to know the true people and you get to learn the true stories behind 
the avatars, the people that are controlling the avatars um, or alter egos. I like to say our alter egos. Um, you really get invested into the story. Our judges, Will I Am, Nick Lachey, Alanis Morissette and Grimes, they have no clue whatsoever who these people are. So they're discovering each and every week as the show progresses and goes on. And neither does our live studio audience as well. They have no clue either. So it's, it's a fun, fun reveal when they do happen. Um, but, you know, it's all about second chances and, and new opportunity for people. Uh, everybody's like, well, what's different from this singing competition right. show than other singing competition shows? The story. You know, you have people uh, like, let's just say Jennifer Hudson. Right. Who didn't fit the American Idol mold. Remember, she didn't win. No, she did not. Because... They told her she didn't have the full package. Why did she have the full package? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, we have contestants that have been told their entire life some way, somehow that they weren't the full package. Right. So we're judging people completely on their talent and their voice. And that's what matters. Uh, the alter ego in, in a lot of senses has been liberating for a lot of our contestants as well, because they may have a mental disability or a physical disability that really prohibits wow. them from being on stage. Wow. So with this modern CIG technology, they're able to fulfill their lifelong dream of being a musician or, or being a singer and getting on that stage through these alter egos it's quite liberating to not be judged through a disability or or gender and be binary or and just be free you know um so that's what i love about the show and that's what the show it that's what makes us different than this show and we're literally stepping into a new wave of how music is going to be done and how music how music artists are are going to be you know, portrayed as well. This is this is next level technology, next level stuff. Seriously, I don't know if the world is ready yet. Well, I, I think that you, well, you you hit you struck a nerve with me, a positive nerve when we was talking about the disability. I never thought about that. That's not being mm -hmm. promoted in the commercials. That it's just you know they're promoting the fact that you know the the whole alter ego, the alt avatar. Somebody doesn't look like they would normally look in real life. But in my, it's, it immediately struck me somebody in a wheelchair. I'm not saying somebody in the wheelchair is performing or somebody on crutches or somebody, you know, but maybe has a leg, a prosthetic leg and stuff like that. They can go out there, but you wouldn't see that in the performance. And they may be less aware of that from a standpoint of how people might respond to them. And they can give 100% knowing that's not the person that they see. They see this avatar or this alter ego, which is kind of brilliant when I think about it. Well, Rashawn, you think about it, I mean, definitely on the physical standpoint, but also on the mental standpoint, too. We have great fighters and great artists. I'll say Muhammad Ali and uh, Michael J. Fox, just to, just for a perfect example, that when they're doing their art and their craft, you would never, ever know that they had some type of disability in the background. Right. right. So. We have the same situation with some of our contestants where they have a mental disability that may prohibit them to be in the industry. Mm -hmm. But when they're on stage, you would never, ever know that they suffer from an illness or, right. or, or this block. Right. Uh, so alter ego is definitely giving people the opportunity to not be judged in this judgmental wow. world that we live in. Oh, that's powerful. That's that's very, very yeah. powerful. And then, now the show premieres on September 22nd, which is a Wednesday and Thursday, back to back. Yeah. 
So yes, you're out. Back to back, here's, here's, here's the fun yes, thing about it. Here's it's back thing. to back. September 22nd is our first episode. And September 23rd is our second episode. Right. So you're not going to watch two of the same shows back to back. You're going to see you. two different episodes. Right. And so the reason I step back because, Roxy, you've been out there. You, 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 in a good way, when I say that, as far as on television, prime time. This is Fox. This is another level of millions of people coming to your life, you know. How do you take it all in? Because you, you're you very popular on social media. I believe you have over a million Instagram followers. You know, that's one of the places I went because I did my little research. We're going to talk about this foodie <laughs> thing in a minute. But let's stick with alter ego. Now, how does that, how do you deal with that? You know, because of the fact that it's so many athletes and I have to put this, are being traumatized by negative responses, are being traumatized by the whole aspect of success. Like you said earlier, you know, Rashawn, I really was down in the dumps about where I was at in my life. And then this opportunity came to me and it put me back out there in the forefront. How do you deal with that? Because this is big for you, but it also means that there are other opportunities you have to be seeking to keep that emotional high. So yeah. you're premiering on the 22nd and 23rd, two separate episodes, back-to-back episodes. They've taped 12 of them. Talk about this roller coaster ride leading up to you because you're doing a lot of media. You're looking fantastic. And you're the one right now. You're the host. It's, it's been, again, it, it's been a dream come true. Uh, it literally was uh, my vision board. It was my manifestation. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, dreamt of this show and I've dreamt of this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm super excited for everybody to check out Alter Ego on Fox. Uh, it's just next level and fun. Like, mm-hmm. I, I love every opportunity that I've had right. ever in my career to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is by far the most fun I've had <laughs> in a very long time. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about it because it's it's just. Well, well I, I do, really I do, great. because we kind of glossed over these judges, and uh, you mentioned them, <laughs> and I think I need to go back and take Lichtenstein, Grimes, Will I Am, Alanis yeah. Morissette. These are, you know, really we just seen this industry where, and I'm not saying anything negative, where these people are are touring professionals, these people are successful in their fields, and now they're on a show like this together one time. How did you create your relationships, and how do you communicate with them? Because like you said, they're looking at animation, as we're looking at animation, uh-huh. and then they have to react to that. What do they put their uh, judgment hats on, I guess I should say, or can you well, reveal that? Everybody was them. Everybody was authentically themselves. I'll say that. And and there was a mutual level of respect across the board. Right. You know, there. I'll say this. Fox had the the best of the best when it came to this. Absolutely. This Absolutely. From from producers to music director Adam Blackstone, who if you don't know who Adam Blackstone is, you just think <laughs> of you know. Uh, Quest love times a hundred. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, He's like yeah, up there yeah. with Quest. Mm-hmm. And um Will I Am and Grimes, they live in this futuristic technology world, you know. Mm-hmm. This is their house. This is their forefront wheelhouse. Like sometimes I didn't think I was intellectually capable of having conversations with them, but right. this is what they live, breathe by. Mm-hmm. So there was no better way or better judges to have on the panel than Will I am with his musical background. He's iconic, the black eyed peas. He knows music. He knows technology and grime. She's an innovator. She's into technology. She's a, an amazing artist and producer as well. The young people love her. She's a gamer. Um, Alanis Moore said iconic, Right. She knows music. She knows vocals. She knows tones. She right. knows sounds. She knows lyrics. She knows all of that. And Nick Lachey, he knows what it is to have a big production, a big band, a big stage. 
you know, you're part of a boy band, you're, I, you're legendary in that sense as well, being part of such an iconic boy band and, and working together with people and technology. So to be completely honest, Rashad, I don't think I've ever seen a panel who didn't even have to do a chemistry test because we all got along. And we all respected each other's space and opinion. Right. And uh, there were different opinions a lot of times. Right, right. But it was still respectable. And um, you're going to like to see the interaction between our judges and and the humanity that our alter egos were able to bring out of our judges, too. There's a lot of crying. You're just <laughs> not crying because it's like a sob story, right, but right. crying because you're Well, that's why I wanted to ask you because, because you know, Mad Singer is much more of a party. You know, it's much more yeah. of a, uh, you know, but this one, I'm hearing all these great stories that you're telling and these reveals have to be like, positively stunning, that's where the crying comes from. That's where the uplift comes from. That's where, I, I'm going to yeah. just tell you, I, I didn't know anything about this show, Roxy, until I interviewed <laughs> you because they wouldn't send me a, a screener, and I respect that. But you have made me a fan of this show. I want to see it. I want to no, see the backstory. I'm going to make sure they send you something, too. I'm going to be sure they send you something uh, you know, so you can watch it and share this it with is, your, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait because I'm going to tell you, the only reason I was just, you know, I'm going to be Rashawn. You know, I think I, I run the world anyway. And so, but... In the, hearing your story, your pitch, your this interview, I want to see the show because of the fact that it's something about, you know, you, you see the Paralympics, you know, everybody wants to be treated normal. That's why you right. do these different things. And to have a show that kind of like levels the playing field of entertainment, I yeah. think it's really special. I think it's really, really unique. And using technology and having a show like Alter Ego, like I said earlier, is almost brilliant. Socially, it's, it kind of borderlines on brilliant because of the fact that everybody has this dream. Even if you, even though, even, you know, everybody dreams to be younger. Everybody dreams to be sexier. Oh. Everybody dreams that they can sing in the shower and to actually come on a show where they can take some talents that God gave them, but they have not been able to utilize them because of some mental or physical, uh, uh, they, they, they different them from what we call normalcy. Right. It's pretty special. And so, but you were brought into this. And when did it really hit you what they was giving you the opportunity to host? When did it really hit you? Uh, it hit me the first time I got on set. It hit me like, I was like, okay, I know what I'm about to do. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but our set is freaking next level. Like right, 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 right. Like so freaking cool. It's, it's so big. I mean, like, Rashawn, you've been there with, like, the big sets yes, and the big arenas. Yes. You walk in and you get that that anxiety and that emotion. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is next. This is major. Like, yes, yes. you know when they put money behind a show. Yeah, like, absolutely, I'm, absolutely, I'm, absolutely. I'm like, oh, there's big money behind this show. Like, and your little- there's over a gazillion lights in here that somebody has <laughs> control. So, I'm, like, we already know, you know, uh, Fox put the bag in when it came to this show. And it's, it's so cool to watch it. Uh, so that was... I, the first time I, I got on set, I knew that we were dealing with something that was next level and really, really special and something that America is going to love and families are going to love because it's something that's never been seen or done on TV. It's as original. much as it's original. people want to try to compare us to a different ta- different music show or competition show, we're just not that and right. you're going to see it. 
I, I see the people fall in love with the with the performers for the first time. Really, <laughs> their backstory is beautiful. But then you just you, you still shot this and taped this in this COVID time frame. You know, uh-huh. I just did uh, Jimmy Kimmel with Stephen A. And I had to get the COVID test on a Friday. <laughs> I had to get the COVID test 24 hours before I came on set the next day, which was that mm-hmm. Monday. So Sunday I had to do another COVID test. How was it able? To, how was it working in that environment? Because we have to work in that environment. We have to realize that. Unfortunately, COVID is going to be with us. And if you don't take the shot, you may consider taking a shot. I've been double vaccinated because I want mm-hmm. to be able to go through life somewhat normal. How did the how was production handled with the COVID? And how did you feel about the whole process? Um, you know, I was one of those during the quarantine that I didn't go nowhere. I was completely, completely paranoid and scared uh, to mm-hmm. go anywhere, even the grocery store. So Instacart was my best friend. Um, and <laughs> I... I, I you know, took my vaccination and everything. Um, I'll say this, never have I felt so comfortable and safe in a production, Mm -hmm. especially during these times right now, Mm -hmm. uh, than doing this show. Uh, We were completely, completely COVID aware and woke, Mm -hmm. I guess you said, you could say, to where uh, everybody was tested regularly. Um, There was no slip up during our production, Fox was very, very strict mm-hmm. when it com- came to our safety and the safety of our audience as well. And we were very conscious about that while taping. Um, so yes, there were, uh, there were tests regularly right. and nobody had a problem with it, right. you know, right. we were all trying to keep each other safe. And not only that, but even during production, uh, you know, those weeks that we were you were taping, we quarantined when we weren't on set and, and we were mindful of, of everybody because it's not just us and and our contestants. It's, you know, the stage handlers. It's your it's your stage producer. It's your camera guys. Right. It's, you know, you got to be mindful of everybody. So, you know, we we they played it very, very strict and, and and kept us very, very safe, which I'm very grateful for. And, and there was no hiccups. We were well, great. Fr- well, my friend, <laughs> you know, I wanted to talk about this, this recipes here, but I want this this show, I want to just focus on, I want to bring you back if you have time to talk about, you know, the cooking side, because I'm a foodie nut, but I want to be respectful for this show. This show, I feel, is very special, Alter Ego, which airs on Fox. Uh, it premieres September 22nd and 23rd, two separate episodes, 9 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. East and West Coast, 8 p.m. Central. Uh, There's a Wednesday and a Thursday. And they have a fantastic host. Not a marvelous host, a fantastic host. That I've known yeah. for a long time. And you, 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 please stay. It's 12 episodes. And stay blessed. And please, thank you for allowing me to share your story with my fan base. And it's oh. a lot of them. It's a lot of them, by the way. It's a lot of them. Millions of them. And I feel fortunate to be able to share your story, this part of your story. But I want to bring you back and share the other story of the person that I know outside the camera. It makes you so special, Roxy. You are special to me, by the way. I really do appreciate it, Rashawn. I never forget all the talks and I never forget all the guidance. And and you definitely were there for me in many times of confusion. So I really appreciate the support and love. And please, please tell your audience, uh, Alter Ego, September 22nd, 23rd. Right after the Mad Singer on Fox, it's going to be huge. And, you know, support us. Hey, there's not many there's not many of us 
leading things and heading <laughs> things. So please watch. You know how it goes. We need those ratings. We need Absolutely. those ratings. And I will be definitely ask the Fox to send me some additional posters. And I, my newsletter goes out to 200,000 people every Friday. So I'll be pumping you in there. If you send me some videos, I'll drop that. that in every week leading up to that. But again, thank you, Roxy, for coming on Money Making Conversation. You are so thank special. You. And I definitely want to bring you back to talk about the other side of Roxy, the cooker. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm a cooker too. So I got to have that conversation. Thank you, Roxy, for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Bye, guys. Thank you. If you want to hear or see any interviews on Money Making Conversation, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I am your host. You've been listening to Money Making Conversations with Rashawn McDonald. Please join us next week. And always remember, lead with your gifts. You are now tuned into the Money Making Conversation of 30 Minute of Inspiration with Rashawn McDonald. Hi, I'm Rashawn McDonald from Money Making Conversation with your daily minute of inspiration. This week, I sat down with my new friend, Dr. Tabitha Carr, who's become the leading authority in women's health and wellness. She's the founder of the vegan-based Good Girl Chocolate that's been featured at Grammys and the Oscars. She was also the 2020 grant recipient of Beyond says be good foundation here's what dr tabitha carl had to say i don't say oh i have a healthy chocolate i say i have a chocolate that supports this lifestyle that's free of the gluten the soy you know the dairy supporting the vegan the paleo and the whole 30 lifestyle we also have a sugar-free chocolate that has xylitol when it comes to alternative sweeteners for the diabetic and for the keto community if you were to listen to this full interview with dr tabitha Car. It's available on moneymakingconversations.com.